We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the hand of faith, the healing power of God. Father, we thank you for your goodness and kindness watching over us each and every day. Lord, we give you all the praise and the honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Well, praise God. Welcome to Healing School. So, of course, we have a, a guest minister with us today, Dr. Marilyn Neubauer from San Diego, California, Oceanside, specifically in California there. Uh, and um, she's uh, here with us today and be, be traveling on to some other ministry stops after this. And, and I, you know, I was thinking about the folks that we have come uh, to uh, impart to us things uh, during healing school, just specifically. And, um, uh, you know, all the ministers that we ever have come through here, we, you know, we're all on the same page that it's God's will every single time without exception, to heal our bodies. And, you know, that, that is a fairly rare uh, doctrine. You know, I mean, it's, it's of course, it's 100% uh, backed up by the Word of God, right? I mean, nobody that ever came to Jesus left without healing that asked for healing. Uh, and so that, you know, he is an expression of the will of God, you know. And, I mean, there's so many different ways that you could, you could um, uh, back up that statement that it's always God's will to heal. And yet that's not, uh, even, even some of the great men and women of old, of uh, faith, you know, uh, sometimes they would waver. Sometimes, you know, they would look at the circumstances of the world or the church and say that it, it must not be God's will every time to heal. And they may get close and say, well, most of the time, but then sometimes it's just not, you know. And, uh, and really the only one that I know uh, uh, as far as their doctrine was, it, is like that was uh, Brother Hagin. Uh, you know, and I, and I mean, I could mention names, but uh, it's pr it's pretty rare. Uh, and yet that's what the scriptures uh, declare. Right. And and I was thinking about, um, you know, it's not it's not our job, not my job to bring uh, other ideas and thoughts, you know, to and present them to us. You know, well, there's other ways to see that there's not any other way to see that. Amen. Uh, I know sometimes in the world, we in the church, we start acting like the world that. You know, all thoughts are valid thoughts. You know, all ideas are valid ideas. No, most of them are just dumb, right? It make no sense, right? And so, you know, we're not, uh, I, 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 and as I was thinking about this, when I was in college, I led a little Bible study uh, in college, and I was good friends with this one fella, and, you know, we got along well, and we were in the same Christian organization for years together, but he got a hold of the Jesus-only uh, doctrine. Anybody ever heard of that? There's no, not a God the Father, not God the Son. There's just Jesus, just Jesus only, right? And it's really kind of a dumb, I mean, it's like, I mean, how can you, how can you read the Gospels in him, you know, John chapter 17, where he prays an entire prayer to the Father in heaven, and, and yet is he praying to himself? That's really weird, right? I mean, it's such a weird doctrine, you know, and, and yet, uh, and so he demanded fair and equal time in Bible study, and uh, I was like, no, <laughs> you're not going to get to say your dumb things in Bible study, you know, well, you should let me, well, you know, that's just, that's your opinion, you know, and it's not going to happen, and so uh, he, he stopped being my friend not long after that, but, uh, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of people in the church who have, uh, who have ideas like that, and it's almost like they have an idea just to have a different opinion from somebody else, right, and it's not even that they can back it up, but uh, they, they feel like they've got to be unique and different and and they think that you know it's boring to have a doctrine that god always heals amen it's more interesting to have because it's more complicated and you need this guru to explain the the complications of why sometimes god doesn't want to heal you and uh, and that's just that's just too complicated to me amen 
it's just a whole lot easier to believe what the word says that God desires to heal you every single time. Because if you believe that, see, then you have a goal. Then then if you're not there, you can continue to pursue that goal until you get there. You find out maybe it's a hindrance on my part. Maybe I don't understand something. Maybe there's there is some sin I got to deal with. Maybe my confession is wrong. Maybe, you know, there could be a thousand things. Why? None of them is on God's side. But you can pursue it. And if you'll pursue it, he will show you. Amen. Uh, but if but if you leave it open, well, sometimes God wants you to be sick. Well, then you're stuck because in his great, you know, his ways are higher than our ways. You know, we we throw around scriptures like that to uh, mask our own doubt and unbelief sometimes. And so, uh, well, we got to we, uh, we keep on. I'll start preaching, you know, and that's not my job to preach today. So because uh, uh, anyway, so <laughs> we'll just move on. But uh, but we want to welcome Miss Marilyn Neubauer from San Diego, San Diego, California. Uh, to bring a word uh, related to healing for us today. Amen. So let's uh, welcome Miss Marilyn. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Of course, I love healing schools because I'm just, you know, I've been there, done that, and <laughs> received. And I just, I, you know, as we're sitting here, I'm thinking, um, I want to just share some of the great testimonies that. I've experienced over the years, and actually one of them was my very, very first missionary trip, and that was to Africa. And uh, we were having a tent meeting, and we're way out in the bush, and there's, there's no sanitation way out in the bush of Africa, and then we're enclosed in a tent, and there was, of course, services uh, go on for hours and hours, right? I mean, for hours, you just don't stop. I mean, I've, I've stood in the middle of a chip, chicken coop and preached. I mean, this is whatever you have to do. Um, but there was a pause in the service, so I went outside of the tent to try to, maybe I could find a little bit of fresh air. And a little boy, he was about 11 years old, came running up to me and just rambling off in Swahili. And I could see this boy is desperate to communicate something to me. But my translator was in the church. So immediately I said, Holy Spirit, I need you to be my translator right now. And as that little boy is speaking Swahili, supernaturally I heard him in English. And he was telling me that he had a problem wetting the bed and wanted to know if his God, my God could help him. And I thought for him to humble himself to say that to me. And so I began to speak to him in English, and he supernaturally is hearing me in Swahili. I mean, it was just like the book of Acts, <laughs> and he's hearing me in Swahili, and then he said, yes, he, he wanted me to lay hands on him and pray for him. And so I did, and all of a sudden, he just went like that. I mean, he just got touched by God and just got a big grin on his face and ran away, healed and whole, just, just healed and whole. <laughs> and then there was another uh, uh, boy, we were having a evangelistic crusade plus a medical clinic and we had thousands of people people had walked all the way from Ethiopia way down to the bush of Kenya and I mean you couldn't see the end of the line it just went on and on and on and uh, while the medical team was doing things and some of us would get out there and just pray for the people and so I stepped off the we were on a I was on a porch and I stepped off the porch to be with the people and boom I mean <laughs> the people just I mean, like the Bible says that they just throned Jesus. I thought, I'm being throned here. <laughs> I mean, people are touching you. I mean, there's just so many around you just touching you. And this grandmother was there, and she had her little uh, grandson with him. He must have been about maybe 9 or 10. And he was blind in one eye. 
And uh, so I laid hands on him. And I had my eyes opened while I was praying. And as I'm praying, I'm watching his eye is opening. And all of a sudden, his eye just completely opened. And the little boy just got up. He was so excited. He just shared his testimony with all the people. But it was just, it was just so wonderful. And I've seen people healed of, of cancer, many people healed of cancer. And, and then in Ireland, there was a, a man that had suffered the effects of a stroke. And his left leg and his left arm were just completely lifeless. And so when he walked, he just, his leg and his arm, he just had to drag them. And he came to the prayer meeting uh, in the evening, and I told him, I said, you be sure you come to service tomorrow. I'm going to be teaching on healing. And so at the end of the morning service, he said to me, he said, you know, I think I, think I feel heat in my leg. I said, well, that's God's. God's doing something, so don't miss the evening service, because what God begins, he will complete. And so he came to the evening service, and he was sitting on the front row. And when I began to... I just finished uh, teaching. I was going to pray for the sick, and he jumped up and started running around the sanctuary. His leg was completely restored, and as he started running down the center, his arm was restored, and by the time he got to the front, he is going like this, <laughs> completely healed and restored. And then just about a month ago, I was uh, at a service preaching at a church I go to every year, and they said, we just have to give you a testimony that happened when you were here the last Sunday. And there was a lady who had suffered from a stroke, and one side of her face was completely lifeless. You know how it just kind of, there was no life in her face. And she had come up in the healing line, and so I prayed for her. And then as everybody was going home, and they were in their car, and she said she felt something, and she pulled down the visor to look in the mirror, and her face was completely already restored by the time she left the church. <laughs> So uh, Jesus is the healer, and there's just no question about it because, uh, you know, Isaiah 53, 5, it's for the total man, spirit, soul, and body. And so, um, but Lord, we just thank you. We thank you so much. Lord, we're so grateful that you are our Savior, the Savior to the lost. You're the healer to the sick. And we thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, as we look into your word today, we just pray that everything that is said and done truly glorifies you and that each one of us will leave this place better than the way we came. And even those that are listening online, there's no distance in the realm of the spirit. And we just release healing anointing upon each and every person that's listening. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to begin by asking you a question, and I know what the answer will be. <laughs> but um, have you ever lost, maybe you've lost a ring, or you've lost your wallet, or you've lost, lost your car keys? We've all lost something, correct? And, but you know, uh, you couldn't have lost your wallet, or you couldn't have lost your car keys if you didn't first possess them. You have to first possess something before you can lose it. And for example, I've never lost a Rolex watch. And you know why I've never lost one? I never possessed one. <laughs> you, you have to first possess something before you can lose it, with one exception. It is possible to lose a miracle before you possess it. And so my title today is, Don't Lose Your Miracle. In John 14, 16, <clears throat> John 14, 16, and Jesus is speaking, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, 
Now in the Amplified it calls him a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, a strengthener. But I want to focus on the word helper. That's John 14, 16. He is come to be our helper. <clears throat> a helper is someone who helps. They're not the doer, they are the helper. And so the Holy Spirit comes to help us as we apply to do the word of God. He will help us in doing the word. He can help you to actually receive a miracle of healing. <clears throat> in John 16, 13, Jesus says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, and he has come, he will guide you into all the truth. Whatever situation you are facing, the Holy Spirit will guide you into that situation with all the truth. And he is a guide, one that will lead, go before you. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will show you things to come. He is a revealer of truth. He is our guide. But one thing about a guide, he's the one that is in front. We have to follow the guide. And every time the Lord, uh, whether you hear an audible voice or just that inward witness or you're reading the scripture and you know the Lord is speaking to you and telling you to do something, but you think, oh, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't feel comfortable to do that or I don't want to do that. Anytime and every time we say no to the gospel, we just took the lead. We just put it in our own hands. Not a safe place. And you know, you can go on and on and on doing everything your own way and then all of a sudden you realize everything has just fallen apart. But then the Holy Spirit, he never leaves you, so he's right there to pick up all the pieces. But we have to follow the guide. We cannot take the lead because the Holy Spirit, our guide, lives on the inside. Therefore, we have to learn to live from the inside out. Now, I'm sure each and every one of you at some point in time, you've been to a dentist's office or you've been to a doctor, and you go up to the front and you sign in, and then the receptionist says, thank you very much. Now, will you please have a seat in the waiting room? What's the purpose of the waiting room? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the whole purpose of that room is to wait and wait only. Nothing happens regarding your situation, your examination. Nothing is going to happen in a waiting room. The whole purpose is simply to wait. And you might wait 10, 15, 25 minutes for the doctor to call you in there. But all you're going to do is wait. Well, it's the same way spiritually. If you are waiting for the Lord to do something, you might wait 5 or 10 years until you get a revelation. He's already done it. He's not He's waiting for you to be a doer. He's already done all that he's going to do. So we have to learn to get out of the waiting room. To wait spiritually is to be actively involved. You can be involved in the healing process. You need to be involved in the healing process. So to wait upon the Lord does not mean to be void of activity because we have to live by faith, we have to move by faith. Faith is always moving, it's always active, and it's always living on the edge. 
It's always on the edge. It's always moving. It's never stagnant, and faith is never sitting in a waiting room. Never, never, never. So you don't want to be caught sitting in a waiting room. It's the natural, working together with the supernatural, that makes that dynamic explosion for the kingdom of God to take place in our lives. But many times people wonder, well, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for my miracle, and what's the delay? Sometimes you scratch your head and you think, mm, I don't know, it's a, it's a mystery to me. Well, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So when you're praying in your heavenly language, we should always be very conscious of the fact that we are actually speaking to Father God. You shouldn't be praying in tongues and then thinking about your grocery list or any other to-do list. Have you ever been having a conversation with somebody and pretty soon you think, you know, I don't think they're paying one bit of attention to me. Has that ever happened to you? God's probably thinking, they're not even paying any attention to me. <laughs> we need to focus that we are praying with the king of kings, the one that paints the sunset and puts the stars in place the one that paints the beauty in the wing of a butterfly, and the aroma of a rose. We have the privilege to speak to him, to commune with him, the one who so hungers and desires for us to have that intimacy with him, to listen, just to listen to that still, small voice, because he has all the answers. It's not a mystery to our helper. It's not a mystery, but we have to learn to listen. So we want to learn to be focused. You know, you can go to you, uh, your favorite restaurant maybe on a Friday night, 6 o'clock. It's probably a lot of other people's favorite restaurants. <laughs> the place is packed out, and you walk in there, and you know you're going to have to wait for your table. Matter of fact, you could walk in that restaurant, and it'd be so busy, and you could close your eyes and you know it's busy because you can hear all those voices. You could have your eyes closed and hear all those voices. But when the time comes where you go to sit down at your table, you're only listening to the people at your table. All those voices, they're still out there, but your focus is on those who are at the table. I can remember one time I was um, at my daughter's house and my grandson was getting ready to go to school on the school bus and she said, now Matthew, when you come home from school tonight, do not leave your brand new jacket on the school bus. Because he had, she was always buying a brand new jacket. Do not leave the jacket on the school bus. She said, are you listening to me? He said, yeah, mom, I heard you. She said, no, I don't want to know if you heard me. I want to know, did you listen to what I said? So you can listen or you can just hear something. You can be listening to the people at your table. You can hear the noises back there, but you're not focusing on those. You're listening 
to those at the table. One time, many years ago, there was a boxing match. Some famous boxers were going to be having this worldwide match, and everybody in the world was going to be watching this match. And I'm not into boxing, but my dad and my brothers were going to watch. And I thought, well, I guess I'll sit down and watch the match with them. So before the, the boxing match began, they showed the interview of having the interview of both boxers the day before. And of course, both of those boxers, they're just making those threats. I'm going to pounce on him and stomp on him. They're all just making these horrible threats of what they're going to do to the other person. So now they have the boxing match. And finally, the match is over. Now they're going to interview both the boxers. So first they talk to the champion. Then they came to the man that lost the match. And they said, at what point did you realize you lost the match? Round three, round five. When did you realize you had already lost the match? He said, I realized I lost the match, but it wasn't in the ring. I lost the match yesterday when I listened to his threats. He said, I should never have listened to his threats. I lost because I listened to the threats. See, the devil's always going to throw threats out there. Lies, negative reports, you can't listen to those. You have to listen to what the Lord has to say. Amen. It's so important that we learn to listen. We have to reach into the realm of the answer. The Holy Spirit has the answer. So that's the realm we have to focus into. I can remember when I first went to Rama, and I, you know, we had school in the mornings, and then we had prayer school and healing school in the afternoon. Well, I wanted to go to everything they had, including healing school, prayer school. But when I was in prayer school, and Brother Hagen would be leading prayer school, and I thought, how do these people focus on praying for a whole hour? I mean, how did they do that? I, I struggled with that. You know, that sometimes Brother Hagen would say, if you want to just kneel down at your chair. I thought, so I'm kneeling and, oh, I fall asleep. Oh, my goodness, I can't fall asleep in Brother Hagen's class. I just, I, I thought, this is terrible. I mean, this is Brother Hagen, and I'm falling asleep. <laughs> it's not a good thing. So I thought, I'm going to practice at home. I'm going to practice praying at home. So I thought, I'm going to set the alarm for 5 o'clock, get up at 5, pray till 6, then I'll get ready for Bible school. So it was about maybe October in Oklahoma. The alarm went off at 5 o'clock, and I thought, ooh, it's chilly in the room this morning. Ooh, I guess I can just pray here in bed and stay warm. So, well, you know what happened. About 10 minutes later, I woke up again. Now, in Bible school, I was just learning a lot about spirit, soul, and body. I thought, okay, spirit man is the one that's in charge. So I thought, I have two children. One's my body, and one is my soul. But I am in charge because I am the spirit man. So I said to my body, you just had bad behavior. Bad behavior, falling asleep in bed. So get up. You're going to have to get up. So I made my body go sit in the living room. I gave it a blanket. I said, now you sit there. And we are going to pray for one hour. So we're all in there, spirit, soul, and body, and we're praying. Well, about less than 10 minutes, my other child, my mind, the soul, wandered off into the kitchen. <laughs> Wonder what I should have for breakfast before I go to Bible school. I had to discipline my mind and tell my mind, be quiet. We're going back into the living room, and we're all three going to pray. 
So we're all be three in there, we're praying, and pretty soon that mind child wandered off again. This time went into the closet. Wonder what I should wear today. And I had to learn to discipline my mind. And I thought the best way that I knew how to do it was I'm going to give my mind a target. We are going to focus on praying for Brother Hagen and for Bible school today. So now that I had a target, it helped my mind to stay focused. And by the end of that week, spirit, soul, and body, we had accomplished, we all three prayed. One, we were all in one accord, prayed for one whole hour, but I finally conquered that. But I had to learn to discipline my mind. And that's such a key thing, especially when you're believing for healing, because I know what it's like when your body screams out in pain. There can be times where you think the pain could kill you before the disease. I know what it's like to, to have those negative symptoms just keep rolling in and, and everything just seems to get worse and worse and worse. I know what that's like, but that's when you have to discipline your mind. It's so important. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and while you're looking there, just imagine for a moment a big circle here. And we're going to say that God's at the top and, and we're at the bottom. And then for, for illustration's sake, we'll say that the Holy Spirit is at both sides. So when I pray to the Father and the Holy Spirit's on the inside of me, the Holy Spirit, he takes my prayer up to the throne room. And the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and he hears my prayer. So Father God hears my prayer. Then the, he speaks to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit only tells me what he heard the Father tell him to say. So the Holy Spirit listens to the Father, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. He begins to tell me what he heard the Father tell him to say. So I can trust what I hear from the Holy Spirit, one, because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He only interacts with truth. He's only going to tell me the truth at all times. And I also can trust the Holy Spirit because he is the holy. He is holy spirit. You know, we say Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, but I don't think we're grasping. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. I can trust the Holy Spirit. Whatever he says, I can trust him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now I want to switch over and read it out of the Amplified. What I has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man all that God has, not going to, he has prepared He's made ready. He keeps it ready for those who, number one, love him. And then it goes on to say, to love him is to hold him in affectionate reverence. It matters to God that we reverence him. Reverence matters. You know, I grew up in a Lutheran church. Man, if we knew reverence, we knew, we, you learned reverence. I can remember when I was in the children's choir and we were up in the choir room practicing and, and the choir director said, Marilyn, I left my music in the sanctuary on the organ. Would you go get my music? And I said, oh, sure. So I went downstairs and I'm about to, I'm opening the sanctuary door. 
Now this is an extreme, but I'm just a child, so that's the way it was. But I opened the sanctuary door and I said, excuse me, God, I'll be real quiet. I just have to get something for the, you know, the choir director. I tiptoed into the sanctuary, got the music off the, the organ. I said, okay, God, I'll be real quiet now. Thank you, God, thank you. I was just showing reverence, you know, as a, as a child. But reverence matters to God. It matters how we dress. It matters how we speak. You know, uh, it grieves me when I'm around some Christians that I thought that is, that's not ladylike to say it like that, or it's not a gentlemanly word to say. When my grandkids were growing up and I told uh, Matthew, I says, Matthew, when you grow up, you're going to be a man, but you don't want to be just a man. You want to be a gentleman. And I told my granddaughter, you don't want to just be a woman. You want to be a lady. It's gentlemen and ladies. That's what you want. And things like that matter. It matters to God. And then it goes on to say, those who promptly obey, obedience really matters to God. And procrastination or delayed obedience, that's disobedience. When you procrastinate, that is flat-out disobedience, and you can miss the plan of God. And then it talks about those who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. Having an attitude of gratitude, kind of like what I talked about this morning, having a, a heart of thanksgiving, even if it's a sacrifice, having that attitude that we're always so grateful no matter what the situation says. And then the scripture goes on to say, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them. Them what? the things that he has already prepared and made ready for us. Miracles, signs, wonders. He's got them ready for us. And then um, God has unveiled and he revealed them to us, the things that he has already prepared for us by and through his spirit. So to know the mysteries, the secrets of God, we cannot bypass the help of the Holy Spirit because he is our helper. So we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And like we read earlier, when we speak to, in tongues, we are speaking to the Lord. Now, I always think so often about Deuteronomy 29, 29, where it says, the secret things belong to the Lord. He, it is his prerogative to have a secret. But then he says, the things that he reveals, they belong to us. So he wants to reveal many, many things to us, but we just have to learn to listen. We have to pay attention when the Lord is speaking to us. Um, because, well, he is the revealer of secrets. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of secrets. And we read, I think it was this morning, yeah, in John 15, 5. He who abides in me and in him will bear much fruit. And to bear much fruit would be have many things revealed to us. We're bearing a lot of fruit when we can hear from the Holy Spirit and we're hearing all those things that he wants to reveal to us and show us things to come. I'm sure that each one of us have gone someplace on a vacation. At some point in time, you've probably gone on a vacation. You might have gone on a place where you've never been before. And so if it's a new place, you're probably going to uh, go on a guided tour. Well, when you're on a guided tour, you're going to follow the guide. You've probably been maybe on a place where there's always a tour ahead of you. And you can see a whole group of people, but there's one guide. And all those people are following 
the guide. Well, I live in San Diego, beautiful San Diego, and you, a lot of people come to vacation San Diego. And I'm not selling San Diego, I'm just showing you this brochure of San Diego. <laughs> but you can take a cruise when you come to San Diego. Beautiful cruise all around the harbor. And you can take a one hour cruise, or you could take a two hour cruise. Now if you take a two hour cruise, you will see more in two hours than you would in one hour, correct? Or you could even go up to San Francisco and take a half a day tour. They would take you to Chinatown, Fisherman's Wharf. You can go on the boat and go out to the island of Alcatraz. I mean, that's a half a day tour. So the longer the tour, the more you're going to see. I had some friends who came to visit me from overseas. They'd never been to San Diego. And they said, Marilyn, we've never seen downtown San Diego. We heard how beautiful it is. I said, it is beautiful. Can we go? Now, this was on a Friday morning. I thought, oh, no. Well, they're my friends. Of course, I'm going to take them bumper to bumper downtown San Diego, because Friday and Saturday, not the times you want to go. Everybody is getting off work early. They're going to go downtown to, to San Diego or even on into Mexico, because we border right there at Tijuana. But I'm going to take my friends. So we're going down there bumper to bumper, a good hour and a half to get there. And I always stop at, Fish, or at this place called Harbor Drive, because at Harbor Drive, you see the entire skyline of San Diego. You see the beautiful Coronado Bridge. You see the naval base. You see the huge ocean liners coming in. I mean, everything in one view is just spectacular. So they got out and they're taking a few pictures. And then I said, okay, well, let's get in the car. We're just going to go about two or three blocks down the road, and we'll, be, we'll see the big ship, the Midway, that was involved in Pearl Harbor, and then we can go to Seaport Village. And, and they said, no, no, we're done. I said, excuse me? They said, we're done. I said, done with what? Well, didn't you say that was San Diego? I said, yes, that is <laughs> San Diego over there. Well, we just wanted to say we saw San Diego. So uh, they were content to see San Diego from afar. How many Christians are content to know the Lord from afar? They're content to know the Lord from afar. When we can have an intimate relationship with the revealer of secrets. Remember, you can go on tour with the Holy Spirit. The longer the tour with the Holy Spirit, the more time he has to show you, show you things to come, to guide you into your healing. The longer the tour, the more you can see. It's so precious that we would take time to, <clears throat> to develop that intimacy with our Heavenly Father because the Holy Spirit is our helper. And he wants to help you in receiving a healing or anything else you need. But I want to focus on healing. Um, I'm going to share one of my testimonies, but I'm going to teach from one of my testimonies because um, it's a journey. I've had three marvelous miracles, but there was a journey to each and every one of those. And it was nine years after I was miraculously healed of cancer that every year I would go in for my wellness check. And this was no different this particular day. I'm going in for my wellness check. And then I was going to meet my friend, and we were going to have lunch together. 
So I had my exam, and the doctor says, Marilyn, how you feel? I said, mm, I, feel, I feel great, just great. She says, well, today um, I detected a tumor, and it looks like it's probably a malignant tumor, and it's a very fast-growing type tumor. So if we can't dissolve it in six weeks, we're going to have to do um, surgery. Do you have any questions? I said, no. I don't have any questions. You don't have any questions? I said, no, I have no questions. I will, I will uh, schedule my next appointment. Why did I not have any questions? Because all she can do is give me facts. Facts breed fear, and fear is the enemy of your faith. I said, I have no questions. I left the office. I went outside. I walked across the parking lot, and I got into my car. And the first thing I did was, I had a conversation with myself. And the first thing I said was, don't panic. Very easy to panic when you get a report like that, any kind of a report. And we're all human, right? Um, you know, I could panic as much as anybody else. And I just said, don't panic. And then I took about three, maybe four, real deep breaths. You know, sometimes if it just helps just to just calm down when you just take a deep breath, just okay, now just calm down. Just, you know, and, and seriously, sometimes just take a deep breath. And then after I did that, I sat there a little longer and I began to think about Joshua and Caleb, how they were the only two spies that entered the promised land because they were the only two that refused an evil report. And so while I'm having a conversation with myself, I just kept on talking to myself. And I said, Marilyn, that's an evil report today. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. So I spoke to myself and I said, I give no place to a malignant tumor. And I give no place to a benign tumor. I don't want either one. And I said, therefore, there will be no need for an operation. Now, let me clarify something. God uses doctors. God uses medicine. There's not, there's not a lack of faith to go to the doctor, not a lack of faith to use medicine. I'm just sharing my testimony. And this is where I was at this stage of my life, been there, done that. I don't want another operation, no more. But you understand what I'm saying? That, that's just, just where I was. So after I finished talking to myself, now this is the next thing was very critical, and I'm not talking about, I'm telling you things that I, I did, but it's not a formula, it's all about a relationship with the Lord. And I said, Lord, I want another miracle. And I'm asking you to show me what is my part to receive another miracle. Because he's already done his. I mean, Calvary was so well done in one act, it need never to be repeated. I said, what is my part? Because the Holy Spirit as my helper, if I need to, maybe I just need to tweak something. Sometimes we're not always doing something wrong. It's just we just need a little tweak on something. Uh, or maybe there is something wrong. Maybe I said, Lord, do I need to forgive somebody? Or have I abused my body? Or have I done something foolish? Or have I eaten too many cookies? Or what, what anything. Just, I'm open. I'm just, I want a miracle, so what is my part? Just tell me, what is my part? And now I'm expecting to hear an answer. I'm expecting, so always expect to hear from God. 
the next thing I did was, because I'm asking for a miracle, and I want to encourage you, there's a price to pay for a miracle. You can't be flippant about the word of God. It costs Jesus his life, and we have to be serious about it. So I changed my priorities. I didn't go to have lunch with my friend. I went home, and I'm, I'm, t I'm taking God's medicine. And I'm not going to do it just once a day. I need a miracle. I'm going to double up, triple up, quadruple up if I have to do it. And I think I did it that time. I did it every hour on the hour. I'm taking God's medicine. Because I, I want a supernatural miracle. So I'm going to get serious about taking the medicine. Because if I'm not serious about doing what I need to do and change my priorities, it's very possible that my family and my friends may have to change their priorities, get off work early to come to my funeral. Somebody may have to change priorities. And I let it be me, Lord, let it be me. So I'm asking for a, a question from God. What is my part? Because, see, we have to get involved in the healing process. You've got to get out of the waiting room. Get out of the waiting room and get involved in the healing process. You can't be complacent. You can't have a lazy spirit. You can't be passive. You've got to be active. Catherine Kuhlman once said, the only limit, the only limit to the power of God lies within the individual. That's pretty powerful. It lies within the individual. So faith has to be involved. You have to feed, feed on truth, speak truth, magnify truth, and that will strengthen your faith. Because once again, you have to live from the inside out. See, the eye of faith sees first what the natural eye does not yet see. Faith is the eye that sees the invisible. You see yourself healed and whole. The degree of our faith is determined by the degree we comprehend God's love for us. You know, it says in Ephesians 3 that we would be rooted and grounded in his love, comprehend his love. But once again, the more you comprehend his love for you, walking by faith just comes so much easier. The next thing I did was I decided I'm going to fast one meal a day. Now, sometimes people can't fast food, but I was able to fast food, so I'm going to fast one meal a day. Because I've learned when I fast, it causes the ear of my spirit, not my natural ear, but the ear of my heart. It causes the ear of my spirit to be more in tune with the voice of my Father. I asked a question, what is my part? I want to make sure I hear the answer because he's always going to answer. That's just his nature. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. He hears their prayers. He hungers for us to walk in divine health, not just healing, but to divine health. So I want to make sure I hear the answer. So I'm going to be involved in the healing process as much as I can. So now I'm fasting. Again, this isn't a formula. It's just about a relationship. And then in James chapter 5, turn there. In James chapter 5, verse 14. This is another thing I did because the Bible says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him and anointing him with oil. Now, at this stage in my life, I didn't know one person 
on planet Earth <laughs> that would agree with me for the disappearance of this tumor. I had shared it with my husband and he laughed at me. I thought, well, we're not going there anymore. You want to guard your heart. Don't share with people if they're not going to be able to agree with you 100%. And I knew nobody that could agree with me. So I thought, Lord, this is just between me and you. And one thing about healing, it is just between you and God. And nobody can stop you from receiving a healing. Nobody can stop you from praying. Nobody can stop you from using your faith. No government, no, no president, no king, no queen, no organization, nobody. That's the awesome thing about when God has given us faith, there was a, something about faith that it's absolutely impossible for anybody to stop you from using it. Nobody can stop you from coming boldly into the throne room of grace to ask for help. I mean, isn't that awesome? Just awesome. There's no excuse for us to not live in victory because nobody can stop us. It's wonderful. So I thought, okay, guys, just between me and you. And so I went to my church and I asked my pastor to anoint me with oil and, and pray for me. And he was very gracious. It was a very large church, but it was a, actually it was a spirit-filled Presbyterian church. They weren't strong on the word of faith like we are, but it was a, it was a very, very good church. So, but remember, the longer the tour, the more you'll see. So I always want to stay on tour with the Holy Spirit. Because, see, you'll, you will not hear a rhema word until you first obey the written word. And James 5, 4, that, that's the written word. And I'm expecting a rhema word, so I'm going to make sure I do the written word. Amen. So I'm doing everything that I know to do. And now six weeks had gone by. And I had, you know, been doing everything I know the Lord told me to do, and, and I hadn't heard anything. Brother Hagan used to say, you can go as much by what you don't hear as by what you do hear. For example, if you had two children and they're playing out in the yard and they're having very good behavior, every five minutes you don't say, that's good, that's good, very good behavior. That's, you don't do that. But if the ball starts to run out into the street and a car is coming and they're going to go catch the ball, you say, stop, you're going the wrong direction. That's what God does. So if you're going the right direction, you may not hear anything. And I didn't hear anything. I thought, okay, <laughs> I know I'm on the right track. And I started getting so excited for my last appointment because I thought, I'm going to get a miracle. I know I'm going to get a miracle. I mean, wouldn't you be excited? I mean, I was so excited. I'm going to get a miracle on Monday. And so I went in there, I had my examination, and um, um, the doctor examined me, and she said, well, Marilyn, um, today that tumor is still growing, and now it's the size of a small grapefruit. So we're going to go ahead and, and schedule the operation, and uh, today's Monday, so tomorrow's Tuesday. You need to go to the hospital and have all these tests taken, and then I'll call you Tuesday afternoon and tell you what time surgery is scheduled for Wednesday. And when she said that, I thought, it's kind of like I just kind of checked out. And I thought, no, oh, no, 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 that's not right. Uh, it's almost like she pulled the rug out from underneath my feet, knocked the wind out of my sails. And I, I said to myself, she's not cooperating with me. She is not supposed to say that. She's supposed to tell me I had a miracle, and then I'm supposed to tell her this is what God has done for me. You know how you always pre-program a conversation? 
never goes that way. And I thought, no, she's not cooperating. This is not right. And it was just kind of like I just checked out. And I'm, I'm just, I, I, it's like I could hear the devil laughing at me. And he said, you got that one miracle one time, but don't think you're going to get another. And that's just like the devil. And then I could hear her, she was still talking. The doctor was talking, and she said, now we think you're probably going to have um, some hemorrhaging going on, so Dr. So-and-so is going to be in the operating room. We're all prepared for an emergency. And, and she's going on, and the devil's laughing at me. But I had turned my focus. I thought, no, it is written. It is written. It is written. And I'm just looking at the at Calvary and it's like I was facing this spiritual junction in the road and I could turn to the left or I could turn to the right and I thought no I'm going to keep my eyes on the cross and then I heard the doctor say Marilyn Marilyn are you listening to me well I had kind of chalked mocked her I said yes I heard you I heard you she said well you have to go to the hospital tomorrow and have all these tests taken I said I will go to the hospital because if you're going to go to the doctor, you do what the doctor says or don't go at all. You know? But I've still got my faith in for the supernatural. It's just like if you're going to go to the lawyer, do what the lawyer says. You know? So the doctor said, do this. So you're just mixing wisdom with your faith. It's not a lack of faith. You're mixing wisdom with your faith. But I am believing, I'm not going to let go of my miracle. Because I've learned, you know, when Jesus said Jairus, Fear not, only believe. What was he telling him to believe? He said, Jairus, believe what you already confessed with your mouth, that your daughter would live. I don't care if she is dead. You said she will live, she'll live. Never change your testimony, even if the symptoms get worse. That's when you have to stay anchored no matter what. You've got to stay anchored at all times, no matter what. So... The next morning, I'm getting ready to go to the hospital, have my test taken, but I thought, first, I'm going to take God's medicine, and then that morning, my helper, the Holy Spirit, spoke to me, and he said, go to church today and have the laying on of hands and the anointing of oil. Now, remember, I just did that. I'd already done that, James chapter 5, 14. I did that. I was so proud when I heard those words and that I had already done it. I actually said to God, God, I already did it. I just felt, I was ahead of God. I was just, I felt so proud of myself. And then I heard the voice say, I said, <laughs> I, oh my gosh, this is God talking to me. And, uh, you know, as if he didn't know I already did all that. He's telling me to do it again. And I immediately thought about Naaman when he had to dip in the River Jordan seven times. I said, Lord, if you want me to be anointed twice, thrice, whatever, all I could think about is, Dip, baby, dip. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I said, Lord, I'm on my way. So I drove over to the church, and, and um, you know, another thing I would like to say, you know, when something like that happens, logic and reasoning could kick in. I could have thought, okay, what was wrong with the pastor when he prayed the first time? Something's up with the pastor. His prayers didn't work. Or it could have been the oil. Oil was rancid. They didn't have fresh. We need to get some fresh oil at that. You know, you don't go there. You never, no logic, no reasoning. You just obey. So I'm driving to the church and I'm laughing because I thought, well, Lord, now you know the church is closed on Tuesday, but if you want me to go to church, I'll go. And as soon as I pulled in the driveway, the pastor pulled up right next to me and he said, Marilyn, did you forget uh, church is closed today? I said, no, I remember. But then he was the one that had prayed for me. And I said, the pastor... I said to the pastor, I said, Pastor, I mean, the Lord wants me to come and have you pray for me again and anoint me with oil. He says, well, come on in. 
some of the elders are here for the board meeting, so he said, but before I pray, what exactly do you want me to pray? And I said, Pastor, I want you to agree with me that when the tests are taken today, that the results will show there's absolutely nothing there. And he said to me, if that's where your faith is, I'll hook mine up with yours. Perfect way to pray, perfect thing to say. I'll hook mine up with yours. So he prayed for me and then I went to the hospital. I had all those tests taken. And then the, uh, they said, you can go back home. The doctor's gonna call you later on and call you at five o'clock. And at five o'clock sharp, the doctor called and she said, Marilyn, I need you to come into the office. And I said, office? Well, I can come in, but just tell me, just tell me over the phone, what were the results today? She quoted my exact words. She said, when the tests were taken to get today, the results showed there's absolutely nothing there. I need to do an examination before I schedule this operation. So she examined me and examined me and she said, I don't understand, it was a, 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 like a grapefruit yesterday and now there's nothing. And then she was so excited because she said, you're my first miracle patient. <laughs> she said, some of my colleagues have had miracle patients, I've never had one and now I have my first one. I thought, you're excited, I'm excited, <laughs> you know. But you know what I really wanna emphasize? I expected my miracle on Monday. It came on Tuesday. And I could have lost my miracle when it was only one more day away. I'm waiting for six weeks, standing in faith, six weeks. I'm getting closer and closer and closer. And now I'm just one day away, and I got one negative report I could have dropped it off. Well, I guess it's not going to, I guess I can believe for this or that. No, I stayed anchored and then I embraced the miracle. Just what, you know, your answer could be just one amen away. You can never cast away your confidence. Now, I want to give you an illustration that I think might help you. You know, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes that time was made for man. It's a time to die, a time to be born, a time to plant, time to pluck up that which is planted, time of love, time of hate, time of war, time of peace, time, time, time. Well, time was made for man. We live in this world. We, we, we live according to calendars. We circle calendars for uh, a conference, a birthday, a hair appointment. You know, we use calendars all the time. But this is the realm of faith. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We are instructed to live and walk by faith. This is the realm of miracles, the realm of the supernatural. Now, when I first got this negative report, I immediately got up here in the spirit realm. No, I give no place to that. I'm living and I'm walking by faith. This, this, this tumor has to go. But I don't know when it happened, but at some point, I, I dropped down here. I got my focus on Monday, I was so excited. I don't know when it happened, but at some point, I got so excited about Monday. I thought, Monday is gonna be my miracle day. And then I got that negative report on Monday. And I realized, I'm in the wrong realm. I dropped into the wrong realm. It took me that fast, I jumped, I jumped right back up here. There's no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays up here. There's none up here. That is in this realm. And I realized I'm in the wrong realm. 
and it took me a split second to get back up here. No, I'm keeping my eyes on the cross. It is written, it is written, it is written. And then, then I got my miracle, and then I could circle it for Tuesday. <laughs> but I prematurely started circling things. See, we always think it's going to happen our way. It's not going to happen our way, but it will happen. And like Pastor Chip was saying, God's ways are higher than our ways, but he's not keeping those ways a secret. He wants us to reach up to those higher ways and live according to his way, not our way. We have to stay in the realm of the spirit. We have to walk by faith, live by faith, breathe faith, speak faith, build your faith, strengthen your faith. And so in closing, what I really want to encourage you, get out of the waiting room. Nothing happens in the waiting room. Get involved in the healing process. And then take your medicine. If you have to triple up, quadruple up, whatever you have to do, get serious about taking the medicine. It is written. You find out what, if it's just one, you don't need to know 20, 30 scriptures. If you just have one that bears witness with your spirit, you hold on to that, honey, and you don't let go. It is written. It is written. It is written. And stay anchored in it. And then go on tour. The longer the tour, the more you'll see. Get on tour with your helper. Let the Holy Spirit begin to reveal things to you. And when you're praying in the Spirit, stay focused. Because when you're praying in tongues, I can remember one time uh, I was praying in tongues, and all of a sudden I got one word. I, I heard one word in English, and that carried me through the whole thing till the miracle came. But I, I would have missed it if I hadn't been focused. I'm, I'm talking to God, praying in the Spirit, and all of a sudden, he can give you the interpretation of just one word from God, change your life forever. Change your life forever. But so you want to be, on, be focused and go on tour. Don't be so anxious. Take time to spend time and go on tour with the Holy Spirit. And then like Jairus, don't change your testimony. Don't you stay anchored in that testimony. I don't care how bad the symptoms get. I don't care how many negative reports keep coming in. You have to stay anchored and then have that bulldog tenacity right, that you absolutely refuse to be defeated because it'll all come to pass. Because it is written, it'll all come to pass. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your word today. We thank you, Father God. We're so grateful that you are the healer. We praise your holy name. We worship you. We glorify you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I pray for each and every person here today, whether they're listening online or whether they're sitting here today, that this word will take deep root into each and every heart, that they will be encouraged, that they will get out of the waiting room and they will get involved in the healing process and never lose faith, but to stay anchored in you. So we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. And if there's anybody here and you have sickness in your body and you would like me to pray for you, I would like to do that. But I'd also like to anoint this cloth, uh, Bob, for your wife. That we could, is there any uh, anointing oil here or in the, in the box also? Yeah. Is that okay, Bob? I didn't know. Yeah. And if anybody else is standing in the gap for anybody, we would be honored to do that because sometimes people aren't always able to come. And Bob, you want to come up here and we'll just pray together for your wife. And what is her name? 
And Pastor, yes, Pastor Chip, if you can come up here and, and you two, Chris, let's just all agree together. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that there's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. No distance. So, Lord, as we pray over this anointing cloth, we release and we transfer that healing balm of Gilead to go into this cloth, that when it is laid upon her body, we just speak healing wholeness. We command deafness to leave her ears. We thank you, Father God, that by your stripes, she is completely healed and made whole. And again, we thank you, Father God, no distance in the realm of the spirit. So we just call her healed, whole, the deafness, the deaf ears be open. Deaf ears be open now. And we just release healing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And for Bob, we just thank you for his, he, his health, walking in divine health. And so we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Pastor Chip, you have anything to add? Or? Father, we just thank you for the great thank, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. Mm -hmm. Anybody else need prayer today for you to come on up here? Uh huh. Hello, how are you? Okay, what's her name? Well, we'll just anoint this and you can give that to Sheila. Father, we just thank you again that there's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. And we lift up Sheila to you, Father God, for strength, fresh oil, that her strength is renewed like the eagles. We thank you, Father God, that as this cloth is given to her, that she will rise up strong, rise up strong, and giving you glory. So we just release the healing balm of Gilead to flow into her body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You all need prayer this morning? Okay. Mm. Well, Father, we thank you that you are the healer. And we speak life into these joints. We command the weakness to dematerialize. And we release healing and wholeness and power into those joints. No more pain. If there needs to be cartilage restored, we just call forth the cartilage. And every joint, every part of her body, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And Lord, as I lay hands upon her, I release that healing power to flow into every organ, every tissue, every cell, every joint, bringing about a complete healing and a cure. For it is written by the stripes of Jesus, she is healed and made whole. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Father, I just pray for my brother right now. And we take authority over this 
this whatever this pain this malfunction irregularity in the throat we give it no place no 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 I command all everything that's abnormal malfunctioning we give it no place we only give place to your word that says by the stripes of Jesus he's healed and whole so we thank you for it father and we receive it done in the mighty name of Jesus be thou made whole in Jesus name thank you father thank you father thank you father thank you Father, we take authority over that in the name of Jesus. I command the foot, whatever's going on, whether it be gout or whatever it is, we give it no place, no place. I come against every uh, abnormality in the ankle, the foot, whatever's going on. We say no, we give it no place. For it is written by the stripes of Jesus. She's healed from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And I pray, Father God, for fresh oil, for energy, for as hard as she works and so long as she works, for such a faithful servant. I just thank you that your hand is upon her. Now be thou made whole. Foot, ankle, heel, be whole in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. I won't touch it. Okay. okay. Let me just hold your hand. Father, we thank you for Will. We thank you for your hand to be upon him. I thank you, Father God, that every need that he has, it is met. I thank you that you pour out your love upon him, that you reveal yourself to him in a very mighty, precious way that he has a beautiful love encounter with you, for he loves you, Lord. So we just release your strength, your healing power to be upon him, that no weapon formed against him will prosper, that by your stripes, he's healed, he's whole, he is strong, and he is satisfied with long, strong life. So be thou made whole. In the precious name of Jesus, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm -hmm. Hi, Jared. Father, I thank you for Jared. You're having some cold symptoms or something. Father, I just thank you for the healing balm of Gilead to flow into Jared's chest, his lungs, every organ, every tissue. As I lay hands upon him, I release that healing balm of Gilead, the healing oil from heaven to flow to every organ, every tissue, every cell in his body, bringing about a complete healing and a cure. We give no place to this harassment, this chest irritation, the coughing, the sneezing. We give no place. Whatever it is, we take authority over it. We break its hold. For it is written, no weapon 
no weapon formed against Jared shall prosper, that by the stripes of Jesus, he is healed and he is whole. And I thank you, Father God, for guidance, for wisdom, for clarity, for direction of his life, for this precious young boy, Father God, who's been so faithful. I thank you that you reveal and you unfold your divine plan and purpose for his life, that you give him godly connections, divine favor, that you exalt valleys, you make the mountains low, that you pour out your favor upon him, giving divine appointments and supernatural relationships. And as he's about to finish school, Father God, that you already have that divine plan and purpose already assigned. So open the eyes of his heart to see and make a way where there seems to be no way. So I just release that healing power right now in the name that's above all other names. I speak peace, peace, peace. Be thou made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Jared. Hallelujah. I'll turn this over to Pastor Chip for you. Amen. Well, is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. We appreciate uh, uh, Miss Marilyn coming to healing school. And, um, you know, it's good to have, um, uh, you know, it's like uh, in, the, in the natural world, uh, if there's any sickness or disease, there's, there's always a team of doctors, right? There's a team there, and they have specialists, and they have general practitioners, and you know, Miss Marilyn's on the team, right? On the team of healing for uh, all of us, Amen. And uh, and she's really a specialist in that area. And so it's good to have somebody that's because if, if a specialist comes in out of town, they you know you know you can trust them, right? Because they came from out of town. Uh, and so um, that means they're an expert, right? Because they're here, right? Uh, but uh, um, and you know her testimony is just encouraging, Amen. Uh, uh, the thing I like about it is that she found the faith of that, and she stayed the course, amen? Uh, so often, you know, if she had quit on a Monday, you know, she was 24 hours away from her miracle. But she could have quit. You know, a lot of times people quit. Well, I guess the Lord didn't want me to be healed, so I guess I'll get the, the surgery anyway. And, um, you know, I'd encourage you, you, you fight it all the way to the end, to the very last breath on the earth, and, and you stay the course in faith, and, and you'll see the miracles, amen? Uh, and so... Uh, and I'm glad now, you know, if, uh, and of course, we don't believe God at all, but uh, if anything like that happened now, she could probably call, you know, 20 people, 50 people that could agree with her, you know, but there have been times and seasons when you look around, there's no one there. There's no one that'll help you. You're on your own. Amen. We thank God that that doesn't have to be the case nowadays, but, uh, you know, there are times when, when that was it, you know, nobody else is believing in that way, and, and you couldn't call somebody because they may... They may laugh at you or they may say, well, the Lord's will be done, you know, and <laughs> well, that's sad, right? And, and, um, and so we thank God that, uh, you know, we can call, we've got people we can call nowadays, amen? Uh, and so the Lord is good. So 
Let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering, and, and just uh, as we did this morning, everything that we received today will go into the ministry of, of Dr. Marilyn Neubauer, uh, and as she travels the country and, and gives her testimony and gives, uh, you know, it's not just her testimony, it's testimony born upon the foundation of the Word of God, amen, uh, and we can see how the Word of God uh, became effective in her life, uh, and then we can see that it works, amen. And that's, that's really the reason the value of a testimony is to declare that the Word of God is so and it works. Amen. And here's how I proved it out in my life. And so that's valuable to our faith. Amen. Uh, because, you know, some people say, well, it worked for her, but it, didn't, it won't work for me. I think exactly the opposite. I think, well, if it, if it worked for her, it'll absolutely work for me. Amen. If she can do it, I can do it because God is no respecter of persons. Amen. Uh, and, and so that's why it's nice to hear somebody's testimony. Uh, because I just want to find one person that it worked for. And if it worked for anybody, it'll work for me. Amen. Uh, and so that so that's encouraging. So let's pray and then we'll receive the offering. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give into your kingdom. And, Father, specifically into the ministry of Dr. Marilyn Neubauer. And, Father, we thank you that as we sow into her ministry, she goes into, into this world and declares your goodness and power and healing, Father. Uh, and, and, Lord, we thank you that she's able to complete all of her assignments that you've given to her. She can complete the vision that you've placed into her heart. Uh, and, Father, these finances will go uh, towards her completing that call upon her life. And so, Father, we thank you that uh, she'll accomplish all that you ask her to do, Father, and that she'll not be limited uh, in any way by funds or the, or the material things that she needs to accomplish your will and plan for her life. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And, and uh, just as we did this morning, you know, of course, uh, uh, Miss Marilyn has got a lot of materials on the back, on the back table there, um, and uh, a lot of unique things too, right, with the thumb drive and the, the scripture cards and the CDs, uh, a lot of things, really uh, assets to your life that you can use uh, to increase your faith. Uh, and so if you want any of those materials, uh, uh, they're all free today. Uh, they're free to you, right? Uh, and so make sure that... Uh, um, they're marked down because we're going to write a check to her from the church for all the materials that uh, anybody needs. Amen. Uh, and again, as this morning, these things are for you because you're here, right? So if you're not here and if you're if you're on Facebook, you know, praise God, you know, you can order them all online. Right. And so <laughs> they're all available online uh, for a small fee. Right. And so uh, but if you're here, uh, we want to be a blessing to you. Uh, you know, one of the things that's always been in my heart as a church is we want to be a giving church, amen? You know, some churches, they always seem to have a, a taking mentality, right? That we've got to get everything we can from the people. Uh, and I don't think that way at all. I think, how can I give more to the people? How can I give more to you, more word, more blessings, more increase, amen? Uh, and so I'm always thinking about ways to give, and the, and the Lord hooks up with us in that, amen? Uh, and so so make sure you, you, uh, you don't just go back there and take things. Make sure that it's written down so that uh, Miss Marilyn gets the credit for that. Uh, and um, it's all done in, in an orderly way. Amen. Uh, and so and be sure to greet Miss Marilyn before she heads out because she'll be heading out tomorrow on her way to her next stop. But um, uh, it's always good to see her. Amen. It's good to see you again. So I'm sure we'll see her again uh, before too long. Amen. And so uh, be blessed and, and uh, you're dismissed. We'll see you all next Sunday.